Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Stop that very strongly uh, alongside the Word. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, let's let's get ready for the Word. Thank you, Father. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and to get our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All right, this morning I, I want to share a thought with you. Especially, I think this is one of the most important messages within the context of the Wisdom for Living series. It's going to be brief, but I'm trusting the Lord that God will use it as a seed to stir your heart to greater possibilities this year. It's called Capacity, Responsibility, and Productivity. Capacity, responsibility, and productivity. There are many ways Jesus thought in the, in, the, in the Gospels. And one of those ways is through parables or through stories. Now, when you understand the use of parables, you will rea- realize that within parables are hidden meanings. Uh, some of us that are fans of African magic, you understand what parables are, right? When they say parables, you know that within that parable is a hidden meaning. There's something that the parable is trying to convey. There is a message there. And so when you read the Gospels, there are parables that Jesus gave. And within those parables are hidden messages. One of the most popular parables is the one in Matthew chapter 25, which is the parable of the talent. So I'd like you to come with me, if you please, Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. We're going to read that parable again and we want to see... So I really love you to pay attention this morning. I believe that this message has the capacity to literally transform your life. Matthew chapter 25 is called a parable of the talent. Now I have said here, times without number, that that word talent, praise God, in the, uh, in the Bible is not just gifts. It actually refers to money. Money in those days used to be called talent. So in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14 to 30, I'd like you to read this parable with me again and pay very close attention. It says, For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Pay attention to this phrase. Each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. This was not according to the ability of the man who had the talent, but that individual's ability. Immediately, the one who received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more in the... uh, But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Pay attention to that. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents saying, Master, you entrusted, pay attention to that word, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more. Please, if I say pay attention to that word, if it's your Bible, underline it. Uh, I'm not sure anybody has a borrowed Bible. I don't know how you underline with your phones, but do something to it. 
Don't use the Bible to underline your phone. It won't show in your Bible. Number two, I don't worry. His master says to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Pay attention to that verse. Also, the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I've gained two more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one who has also received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. This is not in the Bible, but I just want to say that. Is it not funny how people who do nothing with their lives have a lot of things to say? All right. And I was afraid. I went away and hid your talent. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked. Underline it. Lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank. So this tells us that this was money. And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him. Pay attention there. And give it to the one who has ten talents. Let me pause and say here, our definition of justice is not what God calls justice. And you better exchange your definition of justice for what God calls justice. What God calls justice here is taking away the one who was unproductive and giving to the man who is productive. That's fairness in God's eyes. For to everyone who has, more shall be given. And he, he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Remember, it's not the devil who took it away. It was God. All right. Throw out the worthless slave. Pay attention to the three words God used to describe this man. Wicked, write them down. Lazy and worthless. These are the words from God's mouth. Throw out the worthless slave into outer darkness. In that place, you'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'd like, I'd like this to be my final message in the Wisdom for Living series as we pursue other things that the Lord is putting in our hearts. And I would just like to put this, as I said last time, that write December 2023 down when I started this whole conversation. I want you to write these words down. Big, bold, write the end of my life. Write, write it, write the end of my life. Or, if you are not very fearful, when I die. Don't say God forbid, just write it. The end of my life. My prayer for you, family, is that at the end of your life, these three words will not describe you. Wicked. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked, lazy, and worthless. And you better think about that. That the summary of your life will not be these three words. That God looks at you and says, For 80 years you lived on earth, you were wicked, you were lazy. And you were worthless. We started this conversation the first Sunday of this month by writing the end of 2023. And I would like to add, end this conversation by writing the end of your life. Even if you have a hundred years to live, what will be your final what will be your final endorsement by God? Well done, good and faithful servant, or wicked, lazy, and worthless. So let's start the conversation. Four things you know about God here. Number one, and I'll say this if you're listening to this message now or anytime you listen to it, this message is one message God will hold you accountable for hearing. 
So you just want to be sure you hear very well. Number one, five thoughts come to our mind. We are responsible and accountable to God with what we do with our lives. God will demand account. I know in this day and in this generation we live like God will not demand account. But child of God, God will judge you. Whether you believe in Him or not, you will stand before God in judgment. This man gave and came back to judge. I know this is not something we talk about a lot in church anymore. We live as if our lives is our own, but it is not our own. You are on a borrowed life. And we stand before God in judgment. So if you like, waste all your time, waste all your life. Number two, God hates unproductivity and irresponsibility. God hates it. God hates when a man is unproductive and God hates when a man is irresponsible. God hates it. When a man is unproductive and when a man is irresponsible. And please understand, family, that when I say man, I mean how many people? Man and woman. Okay. So don't go, ah, I wish my husband was here. No. Number three, God promotes people who are productive and responsible. They did not have to pray, there was no prayer point. There was no, oh God, it is my time for more. No. God saw their productivity and promoted them. Listen to this. God gives further assignments and opportunities to those who are productive. This is first determined by you and then rewarded by God. You determine. You determine. Right? We talked about that scripture today. The poor and the rich. What's the common denominator? God made them all. Hmm? It's a common denominator. This life you are living is your own life. It's not your enemy's own. You know, we, sometimes we almost live like we're not accountable to anybody. Hmm? We almost live like we are not even accountable to God. No matter how long you live on earth here, eternity is longer. So I'd like you to recalibrate this year again. Let me tell you, one of the greatest gifts you can ever have in this life is somebody who looks at your life, decides to either mentor you, father you, make you accountable, asking you questions. Are you reading? Are you praying? Are you studying? Let me tell you, that's one of the best gifts you can ever have in this life. To have someone look at your life and desire that you should be a better person. Not many people have that. But you know, we don't like that. Don't like accountability. And that lack of accountability has also grown to God. We're not even accountable to God. We just live the way we want. My son is 14. Yesterday I had to drive him somewhere. And as we were, drive, as we were driving, I said, Son, the fact that you're a pastor's child does not mean anything before God. It doesn't qualify you to be a Christian. It doesn't qualify you for success. I said, the time has come where you have to take responsibility for your spiritual growth. And if I pray for you, you have to believe that I am a man of God like every other person to receive healing. If not, I can lay my hands and lay my leg on you, nothing will happen. 
You're no longer a child. So you have to buy faith books. You have to learn how to trust God. You have to learn how to receive healing. I said, and you have to know God for yourself. You don't qualify for anything because you are a pastor's child. I said, do you understand? He said, yes. I said, even if you don't understand, life will make you understand. You are my first child. It, it, there is no, it doesn't qualify you for anything. It qualifies you for my inheritance. But as far as God is concerned, you need to now know God for yourself, pray for yourself, love him yourself. Are you following what I'm saying? You've got to have honest conversations. Spiritual success is not sexually transmitted. My husband is on fire does not mean you, you caught it. God expects every one of us to live with a sense of accountability. Listen to me, child of God. You cannot blame your husband while you are not serious with God. You will stand before God all by yourself. And, your hus- and God will not take permission from your husband to ask you questions. You will not say, excuse me, sir. I really want to ask your wife something. I don't know if you will permit me. God will not ask, neither will God ask your wife permission to ask you questions. Are you, are you here with me this morning? All right. Number four. You do not pray for promotion. Please, write that down. You do not pray for promotion. You become productive and then God promotes you. You do not pray for promotion. You become productive and what does God do? Promote you. In this scripture that we read, did you see anywhere where they prayed for promotion? Church, did you see where they prayed for promotion? Where they promoted? Come on, where they promoted? How were they promoted? By what they did. We fast for promotion. We pray for promotion. But that's not how promotion comes. It is by what you do today. Number five. We said five thoughts. The mind of God. Number five. God sees unproductivity as wickedness and laziness. You know, when we talk about a wicked man, what comes to our mind is the man doing ritual killing and stealing. Right? But do you know that someone who is unproductive with their life, God says that man is wicked. You know why he says he's wicked? Because you have denied the world whatever resource he gave to you. You've denied the world. You've denied people around you. You've denied the local church. You've denied your generation. What is put on your inside of you? As, as great as we like long life, what actually is the use of long life without productivity? What is the use of a selfish long life? Who is glad that you are alive? Apart from your family where you are the breadwinner. You know, we can, we, we've grown up in a society that makes us so selfish. Life is about what makes us comfortable. Life is about what makes us happy. You know, I've even heard things. Go where you are celebrated, not where you are tolerated. Did, did the world celebrate Jesus when Jesus came? They didn't. You go where you are sent. Whether you are celebrated or tolerated, go where the Lord asks you to go and do what the Lord asks you to do. Stop putting your personal comfort before purpose. If it's not comfortable for us, we're not going to do it. Who, who told you that serving God will be comfortable? Who told you that coming to church will be comfortable? Who told you that living a life of purpose will be comfortable? Nothing was built out of comfort. Are you still here? Come on, talk to me, church. Are you still here? Let's look at the word capacity. Capacity. Capacity means... There are two definitions of capacity. Number one, the maximum amount that something can contain or receive. The maximum amount 
that something can contain or receive. That's the capacity. How many of you have entered the NLNG flights before? Alright? If you've entered the NLNG flight before, right? They ask you to weigh your luggage. Right? Then they, t- they ask you to climb on the scale. How many of you actually feel very irritated when they ask you that? Don't raise your hand to the next time. Don't. <laughs> but, you know, you, you just ask yourself, why am I standing on the scale? Hmm? Because by standard procedure, you know, I've told you that sometimes when you live in an abnormal society, abnormal things become normal to you. You must watch when abnormal things are not normal. In a decent society, that flight was designed to carry what? A particular weight. That's the maximum capacity. Let me use the one all of us. How many of you have entered lift before? If you have not entered, you've watched it in film. That thing that does zoom, that can't go up. How many of you enter lift and not read how many people are supposed to enter? Once the door open, you will just enter. If you see six people enter, you say, oh, enter, enter, enter. You know, you, your mind does not think capacity. Why? There is an amount of people that say, this weight is supposed to carry 10 kg, 6 persons. That's the highest That is what it means. Capacity. What is your capacity? What is your capacity? Number two, the amount that something can produce. So there is the capacity of receiving, there is the capacity of production. What's your capacity? Come on, somebody. What's your capacity? Are you here? Are you? Are you? Do you have capacity to receive this message? All right. Or your gig is full already. It's capacity to receive, to contain. The scripture says in Matthew chapter 25, He gave each one according to his ability. That means the, the man who God won, that is all he could handle. At the end of the parable, we realize why they gave him only one. God would have wasted five talents on that man. Child of God, what is your capacity this year? How much can you really handle? Can you handle millions? Can you handle a hundred thousand? What's your capacity? Now, write these things down. God gives us, now, in this parable, it was talking about money. But there are many intangible resources that God gives to us that by our productivity, we convert to tangible resources. Intangible resources like time. Time is an intangible resource. So God gives every man 24 hours. In 24 hours, some become master gossipers. In 24 hours, some know what is going on in a social media influencer's home. Because that's what they traded their time for. They become experts in stories that have no bearing. Relationships. Relationships are intangible resource in that sense. What you put into a relationship will determine what will come out. And that is why I've always taught you here, when a relationship is given to you, don't milk it. Somebody says, anytime you're in problem, let me know. It's finished. The man, uh, it, the man is gone. Children's school fees, diapers for your wife, <laughs> uh, hair, uh, house rent that is the man is gone because you milk it's like the man say anytime you have a problem come you strangle the man with your problems so a relationship that should last for 50 years in 5 months you have collected everything <laughs> you said well done sir where is my offering alright number 2 Abilities, your abilities are intangible resource. Some of you can do, I can write, I, I can write. I didn't grow up learning to write, I can write. It's just an ability. Most of my books are written within days. It's just an ability. Some of you can talk. Some of you just know how to do things. You can fix things. You can get things organized. The next thing is talent. Opportunities. These are intangible resources. 
God gave you an opportunity to get something done. Now, your capacity in life will determine how you will maximize all of these things. Praise God. Are you with me? Your, opportun- your opportunities. I want you to take your life very serious this year. Don't bow to the demon of distraction whereby you waste your time and you waste your life. Praise God. So God gave to him every man according to his ability. God will not give you more than you can handle. So you have to tell yourself, what can I handle? God gives people things and opportunities according to their capacity. Without deliberately enlarging our capacity, we're not fully ready for the things God has to offer. Without enlarging our capacity, we are not fully ready for the things that God has to offer. Let me tell you something. Please pay very close attention to me. In the Pentecostal sector, we have been trained to, to relate to God as if God is very stupid and foolish and he doesn't know what he's doing. So all we just think is if you carry a heavy seed to the altar without capacity, God will just start opening doors for you. Or if you drink enough gallon of oil, anointed oil, or you go to one special program and all of a sudden a special prayer is made for you, then automatically, and that's why people are running from prophets to prophet, trying to see what is wrong with them and how they can quickly break through. Meanwhile, their abilities are dormant, their potential are dormant, capacity is zero. They gave you money to start business. Ten years down the line, business collapsed, no account. No accountability, no responsibility, no productivity. But one day, your story will change. One day, just one day, when it's your turn, things will turn. And you have turned the things God gave you backward. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, one of the reasons we have not, as a ministry, harassed anybody for finances since we started is understanding of capacity. We do things that we are able. The ones we cannot do, we live undone. And as the Lord sees us with resources and the way we administer resources, what happens? He gives us more. We keep growing. We stay faithful. He gives us more. We stay faithful. He gives us more. Listen to this. Mark 2.22 Jesus said, And no one puts new wine into old wine skin, otherwise the wine will bust the skins, and the wine is lost, and the skins as well. But one puts new wine into what? Fresh wine skin. God does not waste resources. Write that down. God does not waste resources. You know, all through the night, uh, this thought was just coming in my heart about capacity. Capacity. Even as a church, do we have the capacity for more people? Do we have systems to contain enough people? Are you following this? God does not waste resources. God does not waste resources. So, there are three areas you must intentionally build capacity this year. The first area is your spirit man. Your spirit man. The first area is your spirit man. John 16 verse 12. It says, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. That means your spirit cannot carry the things I want to share with you. What visions... Can your spirit carry? You have to intentionally build a strong spirit. The Bible says if you fail in the days of adversity, your strength is small. That means you have low capacity. 
please, Pastor Mary, just ensure that every of our children, teacher, listen to this message and get their report done. Right? What's your capacity? Your spirit, what can your spirit handle from God? What visions can your spirit birth? Do you have a weak spirit still running from cockroaches? You dreamt and they were pursuing you. You are still running even in the dream. You are still running. Physically, no power. Spiritually, no power. Number two, your mind. Your mind. Which is your soul, your mind. Daniel understood by books. Daniel 9.2. He says, I understood by books the years we are supposed to be in captivity. That means, listen to this. Everybody was enjoying captivity, praying that one day God will set us free. Daniel read books and saw that, see, this captivity is supposed to last for 70 years. And he started praying towards it. What have you read? And if nobody read that, that prophetic word and did not hold God accountable to it, they could have been in captivity for years. Because they just hope one day, one day, he says, I understood by books the number of the years which was revealed as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet. That means Daniel was reading what Jeremiah wrote. What books are you reading to expand your mind? What books are you reading? What books are you reading to expand your mind? Listen to me. A consciousness that we are born to change a generation must sit on us again. Must sit on us again. Let's leave this selfish, just me and my house, having, no, we were born for something greater. Let your spirit catch a vision of a world changer. So he read, Number, number three, we're talking about areas to intentionally build capacity. Your body, your spirit, your soul, and your body. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. Joshua chapter 14 verse 11, I like the story of Caleb. Caleb said, 40 years ago, Moses promised me this mountain. Joshua 14 11. He says, 40 years ago, Moses promised me this mountain. He says, now I am 80. He says, I'm still strong to take this mountain. His body could handle purpose. Huh? Can your body handle your future? Or by the time you get into your future, your body is already weak. Because you are eating without a sense of purpose. From ice cream to spaghetti, from spaghetti to indomie, back to ice cream. And you are just celebrating, I have a sweet tooth. I just like things that are sweet. And then by the time you are hitting 50, you are now a prayer request for every pastor. Please join hands with me. Everybody joining hands for your life. Join hands with me to pray. Join hands with me. My wife cannot talk well. Join hands with me. Her heart is not beating okay. Every place people gather to pray, you are there. Where two or three are gathered, you are in their midst. Because you have destroyed your body. You walk, you will not rest. Now, God has opened doors. You can't travel. Because you can't raise your leg anymore. You can't do long flights. Because you are busy digging your grave with your money. All the categories of drink, you drink them. Soft, Hard, hardcore, drink monkey tail, mix, just be drinking, feel free. I'm drinking monkey tail, be drinking. Just drink, no. Where is it in the Bible? Where is it in the Bible that someone should not drink? No, drink. Drink. Smoke and buy Tom Tom. No problem. Continue, just finish smoking, buy Tom Tom, come, lift up all your hands. All the breath in my lungs, including the cigarette breath, we sing to you alone, Lord. All the breath in my lungs. And God is saying, I can smell something. Say everything, take it. No problem. Keep smoking. Keep, keep smoking. Smoking your hem. You are saved. You will go to heaven. 
Only that your mind will not be useful on earth. While people have been productive, you will be a nuisance. A saved nuisance. This is not about whether you miss heaven or not. It's about your usefulness on earth. Smoke, knock your brain. Smoke, fight your landlord. You'll be homeless. But your citizenship in heaven is guaranteed. You know, sometimes we need to understand that this thing is not just about salvation. Don't you have a life on earth to live that can touch humanity? Everything around you is because somebody used their brain. You are sitting in a chair that someone built. You are wearing clothes that someone sold. You are driving a car that somebody produced. Outside of consumption, what use are you to the earth? Nothing else, just to consume. You, you see, you don't have to look for whether scripture said we should drink or no drink. Whatever you want to do with your life, go ahead. You know, I've told people sometimes, say, ah, eh, there's no brotherhood in Christ. Eh, even if I was in a court, go and join court. When you use your mother for, for, for ritual, you will know that joining court is not easy. We are saying just obey God. You say no. No, don't serve God. Serve the devil. And find how easy it is to serve the devil. You guys are afraid to come out by 7 o'clock. They'll tell you to go and pray. We say, come here. We'll give you a bus to take you home. You say no. They will take you to junction, cemetery in the night to go and pray. Fear will kill you before that money comes. <laughs> Spirit will be chasing you. You think it's even easy to do wicked things? Go now. By the time you spend some time in prison and they beat you there, you know about prison, the way it is. They will beat you there and beat you outside. Break your leg. When you come out, you'll be looking for God to serve him. Caleb protected his body. Mind what you eat. Because God has a plan for you. Don't destroy your lungs. Don't destroy your body before you get into your future. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Talk about capacity. So you must work on your body. Alright? So that you can handle your future. Number two, responsibility. Responsibility. Responsibility is the price of greatness. Responsibility is the price of greatness. Why did Paul tell Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach's sake? The waters in those regions was bad. And he was giving him stomach ache. And, and, and Paul says, instead of that, take a little wine for your frequent infirmities. What was Paul trying to say? Preserve your body for the assignment. Because when your body is gone, you can't fulfill no purpose. Responsibility. We blame our past for being responsible for our future. We blame others for our lack of progress. We blame society for our lack of values. Everybody's stealing, so you steal. You are blaming society. You're blaming society. Verse 16, Matthew 25. Immediately, the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them. He went to work, he went to trade. That should be your approach to life. Whatever God has given to me, I am trading with it, I'm making business with it. Assume responsibility for whatever God has given to you and get to work with it. Get to work with it. Today, God has blessed me with tremendous relationships. I deliberately cultivate them. I deliberately honor them. Praise the name of the Lord. There are relationships that have been beneficial to me for years. Someone said, let me tell you, as simple as someone said, oh, if you need booking, for instance, to cross, call me. That person, someone told you that, right? You now, you, you are now acting as booking coordinator for your friends. A dog wants to cross, you will do. Anybody say, just tell me, I have somebody. Tell me, you have somebody, you. You that is being helped. You are now a helper of destiny. So, before the year runs out, by January, you have finished all the... <laughs> by February, you now have interview. You can't meet that man again. There are certain times you should know that you are being helped. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
So, you, you position yourself as one helped. Not as a helper. You have not gotten there. It is assumption of false position. Come on somebody, are you hearing what I'm saying? They are paying your school fees. You now have a girlfriend. Are you wise? Eh? You have a relationship and you are jobless. Then you, the girl, who is the mother of nations, you are now feeding the man. Are they? Feeding him. Feeding him. Then they will go and carry... They will go and carry pictures of Bishop Wedeba and his wife when they were slim. And carry him when he's preaching in faith. And I can say, if Mama Faye did not stay with him, will he enjoy tomorrow? The way you are going, you won't get to tomorrow. There's no tomorrow there. You are lazy. You don't apply for jobs. You, you don't have a job and you're still choosing which job to do. There's no future for you. Then tomorrow when you are married and that man is not working, you will not say we should pray. No. We won't pray. We won't pray. Let me tell you here. If you don't have something doing, don't fall in love. Don't, don't say, I just saw you something is doing in my stomach. That thing that is doing your stomach is what is going to kill you. Don't fall in love. God gave... I'm serious now. Be serious. God gave Adam a garden before he gave him a woman. Sex is not your problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All these wasting people's daughter's time because of poems that you have read. If we hold our hands together, no matter how the struggle is, we will overcome. No matter how it is, lion does not eat grass. All this nonsense you use to rope people's destiny and you are in relationship for 10 years, 20 years, 25 years. That's how some of you have children and bright price has not been prayed. Eh? And when the man has money, New vision will emerge. This year, don't buy anything. Everything you are buying should be food to eat and your bread price money. Food to eat and your bread price money. That's a responsibility. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All this, my people know him. He's not married. Don't we know you? He has knocked door. What, what do you mean by knocked door? What, 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 what's that? What, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? That he has come to knock door. What, what do you mean by that? What's knocking of door? What, what's knocking of door? You keep all your potentials down. You're just messed up. I mean, just, just messed up, not living the life God has ordained for you because somebody knocked door. Is that your problem? That door was knocked? I mean, we can knock all the doors in the world for, for, for what I care. That's not marriage. And I'll tell you this, if you don't take responsibility, it's the women that suffer the most. And you need to rise up. And stop all this, I've knocked door. I know your people. My friend, if you want to marry, marry. God did not say go and knock door. A man shall leave his father and cleave to his wife. Leave and cleave, not knock door. Stop all these things. Somebody say amen. Let's leave that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And all the singles here, I don't want to hear knock door. Nobody should knock door. The question is simple. Do you want to marry or not? I want to marry. When? He said, let's be looking at it. No. We, there's calendar here. We can look at it now. <laughs> November 16th. Okay. So, from now till November, your focus is how to pay every list they will give to you. Collect the list early and set it as a goal. Yam, 40 tubers. Oh yeah, 30 days. And that's your goal. Every day you get up, you see yam, 40. You know you have to work. Even in the Old Testament. <laughs> Even in the Old Testament, after Jacob discovered they gave him wrong wife, do you know when he came back? He said, I want this beautiful one. The father said, you know the, the, you know the, the, the way it is. The man worked another seven years. Fourteen years for two women. 
That's your father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's how your father got his wife. You want wife, you don't want work. What you, don't, what you want is not a wife. You just want to have sex. It's a lost problem. It's not a marriage problem. Because if you value that woman, you will do whatever it takes. So I know this sounds harsh, but I know this is a word of knowledge for somebody. Let's move. Assume responsibility over intangible resources you've been given. Assume responsibility over your time. Assume responsibility over your relationships, your abilities, your talents, your opportunities. What opportunities God given to me? I assume responsibility. Praise the name of the Lord. Come on, I say praise the name of the Lord. The last one, productivity. Productivity. Productivity is a measure of economic performance that com- uh, compares the amount of goods and services produced, which is output, with the amount of input used to produce those goods and services. This is an economic definition. Let me explain it to you. When we measure productivity, we're asking how much was given to you and what did you produce with it? For instance, we gave you six gallons of whatever. And at the end of the day, you came out with maybe 14 gallons. So we're measuring all the resources you use to work on this thing. How did it come out? See, God is measuring time. God is measuring opportunities. Are you hearing this? God is measuring the messages you have heard. And he's asking, with all this that you have, what is coming out of your life? With the books you've read, with the messages you've heard, with the people you know, with the exposure you have, your productivity, listen to this, is not measured alone by your talent, it's measured by what you have had access to all your life. So those books you read 10 years ago, those conferences you attended, are you following what I'm saying? God is judging you by all the imputes in your life. So all those imputes culminate to your output. You see, God will judge me stricter. Why? He says teachers will be just stricter because imagine me teaching you this message and I'm not productive. You, you understand that? God will judge me based on that knowledge. So God is not just judging you based on your talent. He's judging you based on all the imputes he's given to you in life. Are we, are we together on that? And my sisters, let me come back to this marriage thing again. If you're single, you don't get married and disappear out of the radar. So when you're having a conversation of marriage, you're having a conversation on, of mutual productivity. So it's not like you get married and then all your gifts, all your talent, all your abilities are just, bam, gone. There are still potentials. There are abilities within you. So you're having that conversation. That's what dating conversations should be all about. It's not that they take you to where there's air condition, buy shawarma for you and, and uh, chivita and, and, and chicken. And they say, do you love me? Even if you put a madman whose brain are not working and you put them in that environment and you give them those, they will love you. It doesn't require magic. Why would you not love somebody that has Shivita in front of you? Are you only when I say, these are not the conversations to have. The conversations to have are purpose-related, destiny-related, future-related. Are you following this now? So productivity. Verse 16. He gained five more. Right? Traded with five. Whatever God has given to you must be multiplied. Whatever God has given to you must be multiplied and not lost. Multiply and not lost. Matthew 13, 12. It says, For whoever has more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even that which he has will be taken away from him. Let's read Luke chapter 16, verse 9. Luke 16, verse 9. Thank you, Lord. Are you still here? Alright. Go back and listen to this message again. Am I right with my scripture there? Luke 13, sorry. Luke 13, verse 6. And he began telling this parable. A man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it, and did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, Behold, for three years, look at this, I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? Why does it use up space? And he answered and said to him, Let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, I'll cut it down. 
See, God is measuring your life with time. There's a productivity God expects of you this year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And God is marking that. I want to challenge you. I want to message very brief and short. I want to challenge you to take what God has for you. Run with it this year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Please, take whatever God has for you. Run with it this year. Don't waste time. Don't waste opportunities. Don't waste relationships. God has given you access to some people. Let your pride not destroy that relationship. You know, I'll tell you a very quick story. Something happened, I think, last year. I mean, it hurt me so bad. It hurt me so bad. It was very, very bad. Very bad. I was very angry. And there were two strategic relationships that I had. I mean, I was so upset. I was just like, I'm going to cut this person off. I'm going to cut this person off and all of that. You know, when I'd finished, I sat and I was thinking. And I said, ah, this thing that just happened, if I cut off this relationship, I'm cutting off a whole, a whole door, a whole network of people. I had to review that. I had to review that. And sitting back, looking at how far that relationship had blossomed in this year, in my anger and in my hurt, I would have just destroyed a vital unit. Was my anger justified? Yes. But if I did not use wisdom to manage that, what would have happened? Because some of you have cut off people that you look back now. To go back is a problem. You have to humble yourself. Hmm? You have to humble yourself. So I am trusting God that this year will be fruitful for every one of us. Listen to this message again. Increase your capacity. Praise the name of the Lord. Assume responsibility. And what's the next one? Become productive. I'll pray for you now. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for every one of us this morning. I ask in the name of Jesus that you would cause us to work circumspectly, to maximize our time, to re- Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.